It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it at Hale Varsity. Time for Burke's Best Bets. Danny Burke, Decent Sports Network, at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter. And the Danny Burke Podcast, catching this weekend with all the NFL and bowl game action. Prior to Chicago, we were just talking about Vegas off-air. True or false, there's a Danny Burke, not just suite, but wing, in one of the uh, the, the, the hotels, one of the big-time hotels in Vegas. Yeah, it's not named that for uh, for the good reasons, though, right? It's because I've been a loyal customer, if you know what I mean. So they felt like it was only fair if they at least named something after me, so I kept coming back. Let's uh, start with Seattle, San Fran tonight, minus three and a half. Uh, Seahawks are going to get points at home. That's typically pretty rare. Yeah, and, and I mean, you probably didn't think it was going to be the case based on how Seattle was playing this entire season until just a few weeks ago. You, you've seen this team kind of fall back down to reality. I mean, over their last five games defensively, they've surrendered 27 points per game, and it hasn't been against powerhouse offenses. It's been the Cardinals, Bucks, Raiders, Rams, and Panthers, and the Raiders are really only the respectable offense out of that group, uh, out of that group and even they struggle from time to time. So, uh, Seattle has just not been the team that they started to look like. And again, looking more like the expected version of itself that we had coming into this year. But look, San Francisco on the other end, as much as I love Shanahan and the 49ers, they are banged up with Debo Samuel being out. And even though Brock Purdy is playing, he was questionable with that oblique issue. And I knew he wasn't really throwing the ball too much, probably until yesterday or today. So do you need him to do that? Yeah, to a certain extent, but you could also hand the ball off to Christian McCaffrey and probably make the most happen with short passes alongside that and just having the best defense in the NFL. I don't know. There's there's arguments for both sides here, and of course there is for every game, but especially this one in a division matchup where the 49ers and Bears come the first go around. Seattle's fighting for their playoff lives. The fact it's over the key number of three and right around there, I don't. I'm just not enticed to play a pre-flop. I may have to wait and see if there's an in-game angle that presents itself better. And I'm kind of looking to do it on the side of the 49ers. I do think they find a way to win. I think it's going to be more in an ugly fashion. Uh, the Seahawks are 26 against the run, according to DVOA metrics. Uh, San Francisco defensively is second against the run, fifth against the pass. Or pardon me, second against the run, fifth against the pass, and then also second overall. So, uh, look, the big advantage defensively goes to San Francisco. If you think Brock Purdy is not really that impacted by the injury, despite Samuel being out, they're going to find a way to win this game. Because, yeah, Geno Smith has been better, but he's also been prone to throwing these costly interceptions over this brutal span of four or five games as a plate. So that's kind of my strategy in terms of the overall outlook for this game. But I did bet one prop in this spot, guys, and that is with Christian McCaffrey. And I think there's like three different ways you could go about him. I wouldn't hate if you did him over 16 and a half rush attempts, although I'm not sure if that number is available. I wouldn't hate rushing and receiving combined or just rushing against the four Seattle run defense. But the number that I thought would present the best thing for your buck is his receiving yards over 35 and a half is what I snagged at the price of minus 120. So in his stint with the 49ers, he's averaging 45 receiving yards per game. 
five receptions on six targets. He's gone over 35 and a half and four out of the seven games with San Francisco. And the big thing here is their opponent, right? Seattle is allowing opposing tailbacks six receptions for 49 receiving yards per game, which is the third most in the NFL. So again, Debo Samuel is out. That's a receiving threat that's absent. Brock Purdy's a little bit banged up. You may not want to strain him too much on a short week by having to throw the deep ball against a pretty good secondary in Seattle. Get your short, secure passes to Christian McCaffrey, a guy who they throw in the slots and pass and probably now will more so without Debo Samuel and let him create some magic. If you look at past running backs who typically get receptions, when they went up against the Seahawks, they've done fairly well. Josh Jacobs, six receptions, 74 yards. Austin Eckler, 12 catches, 96 yards. Alvin Kamara, six catches, 91 yards. Christian McCaffrey belongs in that group, and I think he gets over 35 and a half receiving yards. Danny Burke is with us here. It's Burke's Best Bets on Hale Varsity Radio. Danny, I was tempted to ask you about Dolphins and Bills, but with seven inches of snow potentially in the forecast, I think that's a game that I need to stay the hell away from. So I'll ask you about the next best game of the weekend. That's Sunday Night Football, Giants and Commanders. really seems like this is a game that might have playoff implications on the line. The Commanders are a four and a half point home favorite against the New York Giants. Yeah, this one's a very interesting scheduling spot because if you think back about when they just played, when they end in a gross tie 20-20, to the Commanders really end up with the benefit here because the Commanders, after that game, had their bye week, and then you get the Giants again. So kind of a weird quirk in the NFL scheduling, and it really benefits this Washington team. The Giants, on the other hand, blew a lead, lost, or uh, ended up with the tie in that game. Then you get creamed by the Philadelphia Eagles, and now you got to play division opponent again. The odds are against the Giants in the spot, and rightfully so. I mean, they're banged up defensively. They're a train wreck even when they're healthy defensively. And look, Daniel Jones had an okay game the first go-around against Washington. 25-31, 200 passing yards, one touchdown, 71 rushing yards. But Heineke really had an outstanding game. 27-41, 275 in the air, and then two passing touchdowns. Four and a half and five is in that awkward spot where I really don't want to end up playing Washington in a primetime game against a division opponent. I do think they edge this one out. What I may end up doing is, like I typically do, will say, you know, wait for a better in-game number. Or what my co-host actually did on my podcast, he did a money line parlay with the Commanders and the Bengals, both kind of in awkwardly setting spread spots, right? Like the Bengals are three and a half, so you're over the key number three on the road. So instead of laying in those ugly kind of spots, just par land together, I, I don't hate doing that. I haven't done it yet, but I do like that approach. But more so, I, I have confidence in commanders to win. But again, guys, I just don't know if I can get there with the pre-flop spread. Danny Burke's with us on Hale Varsity Radio. I will go to Buffalo because that <laughs> game is just screams winter football. The over-under in that game is 44, which I feel like is a little bit high. Your take on that, what would you take in that scenario? Yeah, the total here is uh, it's kind of tricky because you don't know what offense you're going to get from both sides. I mean, Tua has looked horrendous over his past few games, completing just 46% of his passes. He only had 145 passing yards against the Chargers, one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Now, Brandon Staley is a defensive-minded coach, and he made tremendous adjustments, limiting the middle portion of the field for Tua, a guy who they thought, well, he doesn't have the strength to hit the outside routes, and that came to fruition. And what's also a concern with Miami, you talk about the weather conditions, it's a warm-weather team, but also Tua in the cold and a snowy night in Buffalo, that's where the Bills thrive. Not so much Miami, especially when your quarterback's already struggling and you have a plethora of other guys, including Tyree Kill, that are suffering injuries right now heading into the game, even if they do play. And let's not forget, this is a revenge spot for Buffalo like it was against the Jets last week, and the Bills can clinch an AFC playoff spot if they win. 
the Bills had all the chances in the world to win in Week 3 at Miami. They controlled time of possession. It was a fluky loss. And, look, they're the better team than Miami right now. As long as Josh Allen just doesn't make crucial mistakes, right, and his arm isn't looking flimsy like it has a few times, the Bills should be able to win this game. I wasn't comfortable laying a touchdown, so what I ended up doing, and look, I would recommend teasing it down, but the thing that I actually ended up doing was a money line parlay myself. I did Buffalo, and then I did Minnesota because I, I didn't find another team that I loved to tease down with Buffalo, and I did like Minnesota minus four, but wasn't in love with laying over the key number three with them, so I ended up doing a parlay of both those teams came out to even money thinking that, yeah, Minnesota should be able to handle business against what I consider one of the worst teams in the NFL and one of the worst quarterbacks who leads the league in interceptions and fumbles and Matt Ryan. I think it's just overreaction to the Vikings losing and the Colts were on a bye week, so people forgot that they've been getting embarrassed, especially against the Cowboys on prime time. So that's a game the Vikings should be able to win. And same with the Bills in the revenge spot in the colder weather. So I did that parlay, and that came out to even money with those two squads. Danny Burke, Vison Sports Network at Danny Burke 5. Danny, we'll talk next week. Thanks for the time. You got it, fellas. Always appreciate it. Good to spend time with the Pride of Chicago. Vison Sports Network, Danny Burke. And uh, we'll wind down a Thursday edition. Steak and beer bets on the way.